Welcome, everyone, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, and I want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world. Thank you for tuning in tonight. If you are joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit our website at deadtalklive.com. And as a reminder, we do simultaneously stream to five different social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Want to welcome, of course, our great moderators, uh, Saz, Khaleesi, Singercheck, Marie's moderating on the Instagram side. I hope everyone's enjoying their Friday evening. Welcome to Colette. Welcome to, uh, sorry, Lindsay is joining us as well. Sammy, welcome to you guys as your guys are coming into the room. And to start off today, uh, this is not how I was going to start the show today, but over the last 48 hours, something was brought to my attention uh, that is disturbing. It is very disturbing, to say the least. Now, as you guys know, we stream to five different uh, social media platforms. We have a combined following of well over 340 thousand followers we've had celebrity guests out the wazoo and before i continue i do want to make uh, some more guest announcements uh we are going to be having this monday robert joy from land of the dead uh the hills have eyes and countless movies and television shows this is a true icon legend, not only in horror, but in the entertainment industry as a whole. So he will be joining us on Monday. On Tuesday, of course, we are going to have Sam Valentine from the movie Followed. Uh, she is Matthew Solomon's co-star in the movie. And then the following Monday, on the 22nd, we are going to have legendary actress Adrian Barbeau from classic uh, movies such as Escape from New York, The Fog, and many, many more. And another recent uh, confirmation that we just got in the very early hours of this morning is Haley Bishop, the star of uh, Host, that awesome movie from last year that was rated one of the top horror movies of 2020, that takes place all through a Zoom session. Haley Bishop is going to be joining us on Tuesday, February 23rd. So we're going to have a busy uh, eight days starting Monday. We're going to have four interviews, four great guests. And I am really psyched and excited about that. Make sure you guys tune in to uh, not miss some uh, interesting talk and find out uh, about host about followed and the countless movies that robert joy has been in as well as tv shows it's an exciting week starting next week and i hope you guys can all join us for those great interviews that are coming up now going back to what i started with the disturbing uh, news that has come to my attention in the past 48 hours apparently you guys we have followers we have fans we have thousands of fans throughout the entire world that watch this show every week thousands uh 
fans that we watch us on the various streaming platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. We've had some amazing guests already on this show and more are coming and we are very excited about that. I cannot be more proud of the team that we have here at Dead Talk Live. This is something that I started almost a year ago as sort of a let's see how it works out type of a hobby and it has exploded into something really wonderful and i've met some of the greatest people through our followers through this great team that i put together and uh our followers at least some of our followers have uh contributed and decided to uh submit dead talk live onto wikipedia and i'm very grateful and i'm honored uh for the followers and our viewers who have done so but there has been a very disturbing series of events like i said that was brought to my attention within the last 48 hours uh, out of the blue uh two days ago not even i get an email from wikipedia saying that I am doing something that they call meat puppeting or sock puppeting. I have no idea what that is, and I didn't even bother to look it up. Uh, they're accusing me of having multiple accounts and violating their conflict of interest rules. And to give you a start on how this all started, Apparently, some viewers, thank you, uh, submitted Dead Talk Live to have a Wikipedia page. That's great. Why not? I mean, there are far lesser interesting topics on Wikipedia than our little show right here at Dead Talk Live. Uh, but apparently, this uh, these followers that have submitted Dead Talk Live kept getting hit with rejections about the term, in regards to the term of notability. Now, uh, for those of you that don't know, Dead Talk Live and our interviews, and specifically our interviews with our numerous celebrity guests, have been publicized in various uh, reputable, popular media outlets throughout the world, from Asia to South America, to plenty of them here in the United States, all over the world. Uh, these media outlets uh, have summarized our interviews. I've written about them. A big one is, you know, a lot of the stars that we've had from The Walking Dead. So in order to get your page on Wikipedia, you have to submit credible sources that you are of some interest. I have no problem with that. I see no issue with that. Uh, so Wikipedia kept rejecting our show's entry, saying that the references that are being submitted are not notable. So the followers kept submitting more references, different articles. And Wikipedia is has responded with uh, notability again, saying 
Yahoo News is not credible. We've been mentioned in comicbook.com, not credible. And it leaves you scratching your head. What's going on here? Uh, All in all, I think there are well over 30 references around the world that have been submitted about our show. And now they, out of the blue, sent me an email. Now, I've had my Wikipedia account for 10 years, spotless. I just created an account over a decade ago. And there's not, I don't think there's anybody watching here tonight that does not use Wikipedia. And those of you who are going to be watching this show later on uh, after the live ends, we have all at one point used Wikipedia. It's available in uh, various languages around the world. It's used by students, by every age group. And I've always been a fan of Wikipedia to where I can go and get information if I want to. But over the last 48 hours, it's been a real eye-opener to me on how Wikipedia operates. Now, for those of you that don't know, Wikipedia works off donations, meaning they operate, you know, their servers and all the money that it takes to operate through donations from people like you and me. You know, people donate uh, to keep it up and running. It's expensive, you know, server space and all that other technology stuff that goes behind keeping that up and running. It's expensive. So they, they rely on donations and it's run majority, the big majority of, uh, people that run Wikipedia do it, uh, voluntarily. So you have all these admins, administrators, who look at entries and everyone, uh, you know, of course, they have their guidelines. And I have, over the last 48 hours, I really read all their guidelines intently. Very vague, very open to interpretation, especially when it comes to the word notability. So anyway, I'm going to show you some evidence here in a second of exactly what I'm talking about. What was really disturbing is that some of my followers, uh, you know, most of us don't actually have Wikipedia accounts. We use the service. You don't have to have an account to use this service, but anybody can contribute. Anybody. That's how they operate. You make additions. You can correct something. You can add something. Uh, it works off, you know, population input. Now, this person, uh, who's, uh, of these followers that were watching in particular, one user created an account, submitted our show and right off the bat, he got blocked because his username was deemed commercial by Wikipedia and if you looked at his username, there is nothing uh, obscene. It's just a regular old username that you would never look twice at. 
Uh, but he got blocked, so he changed his username to be in compliance. Uh, submitted the site, and then got hit with all these rejections about this show and notability. And it just spiraled out of control to, with each response that Wikipedia gave, it revealed a bias and a discrimination in particularly in this case to the entire entertainment industry. And I have proof of it, and I'm gonna show it to you here in a second. There is clear bias and discrimination uh, from various people at Wikipedia towards the entire entertainment industry, not just this show, but as a whole, the entertainment industry. And I'm going to show you that proof right now, okay? This is a screenshot. Now, the names have been blurred out, and I'm going to explain why here in a second. But check out this exchange. Now, the top line is a response from an administrator at Wikipedia when this person is trying to get unblocked. The person, the administrator says, but by making which kind of edits? He's asking the user, if we unblock you, what edits are you planning on contributing to Wikipedia? Any ideas? Question mark. So the user responds with, well, mostly in the entertainment industry, because I have a few contacts within the industry. And he just leaves it at that. It's a very general question. He gave a very general answer. But look at the administrator's response. Okay? The administrator's response at Wikipedia is this. I appreciate the honesty, but that's an instant no from me. Where he is saying that is an absolute no when it comes to unblocking your account because of the answer the user gave of contributing to the entertainment industry on Wikipedia. Wow. That, that is discrimination. Uh, that above all else, if that's not discrimination, I don't know what is. And there are more exchanges between other users, other followers that have tried to contribute uh, on Wikipedia. And they were confronted with the fact that that is discrimination. You asked a very general question. You got a general answer. And you reply back with, that is an instant no for unblocking your account. And uh, I'm reading this. These followers are sending me these screenshots. I have them all. And it's very disturbing. And they went on and they found me. And... 48 hours ago, out of the blue, I get an email from Wikipedia 
accusing me of stuff. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, what are you guys... I mean, so at the same time, I'm getting these screenshots, these messages from followers, viewers of this show saying, look at what they're saying. Look at what's going on. So I've been having conversations and Wikipedia blocked my account from contributing, even though I've never really contributed anything to Wikipedia in 10 years of having my account. Out of the blue, these people just decide to email me, they found out that the show that they're writing about is my show. They find me, they message me, accuse me without any evidence of being these other people, which is complete BS, and show a complete prejudice and discrimination and bias towards the entire entertainment industry. That cannot be tolerated, okay? That cannot be tolerated. Uh, I understand the whole conflict of interest. They don't want people who are directly involved in what's being written about. I can understand that. And I respect that. I did not contribute. I did not do this. I have, we have a lot of followers and they did this. Uh, just because you are a viewer of a show does not mean you are associated with that show. Or else everything on Wikipedia needs to be taken down immediately. Okay? Absolutely, without a doubt, that needs to be done immediately. Because if you look hard enough, there's a conflict of interest with every article on Wikipedia. So they need to clarify those guidelines. They need to be rewritten because that is complete BS. Okay? Second of all is where do they get off finding me and start harassing me out of the blue? What gives them that right? And then I go to find out that this follower, this viewer who has been contributing and expressing himself respectfully, how he disagrees with their decision, on Wikipedia, there is everyone has what they call a talk page. They completely silenced him. So he can't even communicate with them anymore. They silence them. That's what Wikipedia does. If they don't like what you're saying to them, they completely silence you. So I've, I was talking to them up until about an hour and 20 minutes ago. I was trying to get this resolved peacefully. I'm like, guys, I have seen the evidence. There is clear discrimination being displayed by in particular this one administrator, but in total there's four of them, okay, that are showing bias and discrimination against not only this show, but the entire entertainment industry as a whole. 
So I told him, listen, all right, I want this resolved peacefully. First off, I had nothing to do with this. Please unblock my account. They refused to do so. That's when they accused me of meat puppeting and sock puppeting. I have no idea what that means, nor do I care to look it up, especially not on Wikipedia. Uh, but whatever it is, they accused me of it. And uh, so they blocked my account from editing, which I've never really tried to edit anything on Wikipedia. I've just been a viewer who had an account that's been open and spotless for well over a decade. So we've been having this back and forth. And to make matters worse, the communication between a user in Wikipedia is not for any layman. If you've never done it before, it is extremely difficult. It is extremely complicated. And after realizing what they've been doing, now I know why they make it so difficult and complicated. They don't want just anybody, as they claim to be an open source for people to contribute. No, that's not true. You got to have some knowledge on how and do it their way in order to contribute to Wikipedia, let alone just be able to communicate with them. So I figured it out and we're communicating back and forth. They don't believe I am who I am, that this is my show, that I do have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers, that this show is popular, that we've had a steady stream of celebrity guests for almost a year now. Uh, but instead, they accuse, they turn to accusations and blocking people. If they don't like what you're saying, you can't talk back to them. They shut you down. You, they, they completely shut you down. You can't talk to them. They don't allow you. You have no way of responding to them. Nothing. So what I did, because obviously they don't follow their own conflict of interest rules, and every administrator has their own interpretation discriminations, and biases against any industry. And in this case, I had an administrator who I just showed you has an undeniable bias and discrimination against the entire entertainment industry on my YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter uh, streams right now. If you guys are watching on those platforms... If you go into the description, there are links for the Dead Talk Live draft page because that's what it's called before it becomes public. It's a draft until it gets final approval from these administrators. And I've also posted the link to the page that someone created for myself being the host of Dead Talk Live. And during this show or after the show, if you look at the description on either YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, Instagram and Twitch don't allow descriptions before you go live. 
So please go to YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter to find the links. You will see the, the draft links. And not only that, if you hit the talk tab on top, you will see the exchanges between the followers who are trying to get this page up and running on Wikipedia and the administrators on Wikipedia. And you're going to be blown away. So I told these people, you guys don't believe I am who I am. Please tune in tonight at 9.30. Watch this show. And I will prove to you that I am who I say I am. Okay? And I told them, because this is clear discrimination, and not and God knows if they're doing this against the entertainment industry, what other industries are they discriminating against? This isn't the days anymore where we get encyclopedia books. That has been replaced by the internet, and in particularly with sites like Wikipedia. And to come and to find out that the information that we as users go out and look for using Wikipedia is controlled. We only get to see what they deem is worthy for us to see. Okay? This isn't encyclopedia books like it was back in the old days where you do have limited space. For them to put up a, a site, a page on Wikipedia about this show or any other topic that they, God knows, have rejected over the many, many years of operation, it's, what, 10 megabytes of space at most on their server. It's nothing. Okay? But you have these individual people, administrators, because they're volunteers, well, you know what? They're using it as a power trip. I'm not getting paid for this, but hey, I have power. I have power of what is going to be displayed or not be displayed on Wikipedia. And I'm going to use that power. I'm not getting paid for this. I want to make myself feel high and mighty. I want to make myself have the power. I'm on a power trip. And it's wrong. It is wrong. This show is listed on IMDB, which is owned by Amazon, which is, a, you know, the number one place to get information in regards to a television show, a movie, actor, anybody in related to the uh, entertainment field. And I personally... Since I own the production company that puts out Dead Talk Live, uh, I went through IMDb's vetting phase. After a while, they approved it. No problem whatsoever. They vetted me, saw that it was legitimate, approved it. They've been great. They've been wonderful. And IMDb is another page that is... Uh, supported by people making contributions. 
I mean, I've been vetted by television studios, film studios, God knows all the celebrities that have been on this show, uh, who are coming back on this show with full approval, but you would have never have thought that the one place where a viewer tries to get this show listed on Wikipedia would run into all these problems. And all this, all these, and they are making these bold statements, uh, discriminatory, biased, like they don't care. Because they think they're high and mighty. So, again, on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, you will find the links to the draft page of Dead Talk Live, and as well as to the page that viewers have created for myself. Because of their conflict of interest, I cannot edit those pages. And I do not, out of respect... I'm not going to, and I never tried to. But the links are there. And right now, both those pages have been rejected because of conflict of interest. So all it takes is followers, viewers, to go into Wikipedia and say this is no conflict of interest and resubmit it. I'm not telling you to do that. That's up to you. But if you want to know where the links are, it's in the description. I'm ashamed of you, Wikipedia. And as a fan of yours for a long, long time, and to actually interact and see what's been going on behind the scenes with your administrators is disturbing it is disturbing that the information that is being viewed by the public it is being put out there based on each administrator's prejudices biases and discriminatory practices shame on you shame on you and it needs to be corrected immediately anyway i had to say that i had to put that out there because that cannot be tolerated i have this show i have a voice we all have a voice and if we don't stand together and make our voices heard then companies like this are going to keep getting away with it and at the end of the day what it really means is the information that we want are is being controlled. It is being controlled by entities based on their own beliefs and, again, discriminations. So, that's the information. The links are there. Do what you want with them. I cannot personally do anything because of their conflict of interest guidelines. So, with that being said, I'm sorry that took so long, but I think it was uh, definitely worth mentioning. I told Wikipedia, 
I, I they know that I run Dead Talk News as well. I am going to write about this. I have spoken to industry insiders. I have their full support and approval moving forward as I've shown them the evidence. And if they want to continue this stance, uh, then so be it. I'm going to expose it. And they're going to do what they're going to do at the end of the day. The ball is in their court. So, Wikipedia, the ball is in your court right now. What you do is up to you. And, uh, but we are going to do is up to us. So, with that being said, let's get on to some news. All right. So, uh, in the time we have left, before we talk about anything else, uh, we're going to be, how many of you guys saw the C- series premiere of Clarice last night? I thought it was fabulous, okay? Um, it is, I mean, it is literally Silence of the Lambs Part 2. There was a sequel, uh, Hannibal, to Silence of the Lambs, but this is directly, I mean, right after Silence of the Lambs, a year after. Uh, In order to watch Clarice, you have to put the events that happened in the movie Hannibal aside. Rebecca Breeds, who played Clarice, was amazing. Michael Cudlitz, uh, who played Paul Krendel, was fabulous. Uh, Michael Cudlitz, who we all know, of course, is Abraham on The Walking Dead. Uh, You know, it's not Abraham. I mean, you look at it and you try to imagine Abraham. No, nothing like Abraham. That's how wonderful of an actor Michael Cudlitz is. Uh, He he played the part of Paul Krendel perfectly. Perfectly. Jane Atkinson is uh is uh is playing Catherine's mom from the senator who was in Silence of the Lambs. She is now the Attorney General of the United States. Okay? Uh Catherine uh Catherine is the girl that Clarice Starling saved from Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Uh she is in this show. And we got to see her last night. And just a little bit of a spoiler of upcoming guests. The actress who plays Catherine, uh, her name is Marnie. She is going to be a guest of ours. Probably sometime in April. So, you know, I know it's still two months away. But giving you guys a heads up. That Marnie, uh, I believe her name is Marnie Smith. Yeah, Marnie is going to be our guest in April uh, to talk about her role on Clarice. And as of you who don't already know, Michael Cudlitz is also coming back to our show uh, to talk about his role in Clarice as well. The dynamic between Michael Cudlitz uh, playing uh, Crendel and Rebecca Breeds, who plays Clarice, 
was dynamic on the screen. And we got to see reshot um, footage of Buffalo Bill. It's not from Silence of the Lambs. They did an excellent job recreating, you know, where you see the backside of Buffalo Bill sewing the human flesh together and him making that woman suit. The, uh, the moths from the Silence of the Lambs were very prominent in this episode last night. So many similarities, so many feelings from the, from the original movie. The music, uh, the imagery. And I also have to say that there's a lot of similarities to the cinematography of Clarice to Hannibal. The NBC show Hannibal... Uh, who star uh, Carolyn Davernas we've had on this show as a guest as well. A lot of still a lot of similarities in the way a lot of the sheen a lot uh, sorry a lot of the scenes in Clarice were shot to Hannibal. Anyway, it was a fabulous show. Cal Penn, another great actor, is also in Clarice. I know it's just one episode. It was the series premiere, but it was absolutely amazing. I could not have been uh, more satisfied than I was watching it. I sent Michael Cudlitz an email today congratulating him on a great job uh, playing the role. Looking forward to him coming back on our show and talking about it. Uh, But Rebecca Breeds uh, and her portrayal of Clarice, spot on, spot on, you know, it's, it's, you know, Jodie Foster part two, she was just as good as Jodie, and uh, perfect, I don't know, if you guys remember earlier this week or last week, I'm like, I wonder if they're going to carry over the uh, West Virginia Southern accent that Jodie Foster portrayed in the movie, into Clarice. Well, they absolutely did. Definitely did. And Khaleesi writes, yep, she definitely nailed it. Uh, Singer Chick writes, I thought it was the best series to come out uh, in the U.S. Colette writes, me too, Lindsay. Lowe's. Okay, you guys are talking about something else. Um, uh, Colette writes, he was nuts, Buffalo Bill. And Buffalo Bill is very prominent. Uh, Clarice is suffering from PTSD. We find out that after the events of Buffalo Bill, A, she is not respected or liked by her colleagues at the FBI. She is suffering from major PTSD from what happened between her and the ultimate capture and downfall of Buffalo Bill. She is locked herself away in the behavioral sciences unit, which is now called the behavioral analysis unit, uh, in the basement doing data entry because uh, she has not been cleared to go back to field duty. And the show starts off with Clarice talking to her uh, psychiatrist. She has to see her psychiatrist 
weekly, and it's been a year now, and she still has not been cleared to go back to the field. So the show starts off with her having a session with her therapist, and as the session is going on, somebody bursts into the room and says, Clarice, you've been called back into action. So the attorney general has specifically requested that Clarice go to Washington because they have another serial killer at their, on their hands. And uh, the attorney general, of course, is played by Jane Atkins, who is Georgie on The Walking Dead. And she has been in countless TV shows, House of Cards, Madam Secretary. Jane always plays the high-ranking government official. I swear to God, this woman should run for real office. It could because we have seen her from, you know, Secretary of State. She has played, she's now playing the Attorney General to Vice President to any government position you can imagine. She has played it. I'm like, she's ready to run for real office. She's been acting it for so long. She's more prepared than probably most of the people that do hold office in our government. Uh, CC Weezy writes, I have to rewatch it. I feel like I'm missing something in the episode. You, you should watch it again. There is some stuff that if you don't really pay close attention to, you might miss. So definitely watch it again. But I got to tell you, the performances from everybody uh, were amazing. Uh, the direction was amazing. The cinematography was amazing. But the acting, I just got to keep going to the acting, uh, particularly the two main people, Michael Cudlitz and Rebecca Breeds. The chemistry between them was fantastic. He doesn't like her. He doesn't like her. Uh, and she's not really looking to prove anything to anybody. She is a celebrity uh, because of her capture of Buffalo Bill. She's a celebrity in the spotlight a year after the events. Doesn't want to be in the spotlight. Doesn't want the attention of the press. And her colleagues hate her for that. The fact that she goes and wherever she goes... You know, she always gets asked about Buffalo Bill. And in regards to yesterday's episode, being asked if this is another Buffalo Bill that's on the loose. And she's forced into action to try to catch another serial killer. Uh, you have Michael Cudlett's character, who's really up her ass on, you know, saying this is a serial killer. All we want you to do is just be the face of this. Tell them it's a serial killer. Tell them we caught him and your job is done. Just be the face of this. He accused the attorney general of picking Clarice just as, what was the term he used? Honey for the television set. That's it. A face for the case. That's it. That's all. According to him, that's the only reason why she was brought on to this case. Uh, Colette wants to know which channel, CBS. It's on CBS. If you guys have access to a DVR, it's on Thursday nights. So find it, DVR it, 
watch it. You won't be sorry. Uh, get caught up on yesterday's episode if you have not watched it yet. So let's go ahead and read the reviews, uh, some of the reviews that are out uh, across various media outlets today. So nearly 30 years to the day after The Silence of the Lambs debuted across America, it was Valentine's Day 1991, we're going back to the basement. Written by showrunners Jenny Lumet and Alex Kurtzman and directed by CBS journeywoman Maha Vervillo, uh, Clarice's premiere episode is a continuation of the story of young FBI agent Clarice Starling, who engaged in a battle of wits with one serial killer in order to wage a battle of bullets with another. Due to a complicated rights situation, the name of the former is Verboten, while the latter lingers as a catalyst for Clarice's post-traumatic stress disorder. What they're trying to say is, you're not going to hear the name Hannibal on the show. Okay? You're going to hear him referred to as that cannibal. Or, in yesterday's episode, uh, her therapist actually accused her of Hannibal being her therapist. Just to get under her skin. But you're not going to really hear the name Hannibal. And it's a rights issue. Which is kind of ironic because the actual NBC TV show Hannibal could not continue because they could not get the rights to the Clarice storyline. Now in Clarice, they can't get the rights to use the Hannibal name. It's, it's ironic. It's completely ironic. Uh, anyway, it goes on to say the big question for viewers is whether the shadow cast by the absent Hannibal Lecter, himself the subject of a TV series spinoff, a sequel, two prequels, and a Michael Mann cult classic, to say nothing of the source novels by Thomas Harris, obscures too much to make this show uh, worth watching. After the series begins, it's been months since FBI trainee Clarice Starling, played by Rebecca Breeds, burst into the basement of a misogynistic serial killer, Buffalo Bill, and rescued his would-be victim, Catherine Martin, played by Marnie Carpenter, not Marnie Smith, sorry, Marnie Carpenter. She's going to be our guest in April. In that time, Clarice has become famous, dubbed, quote, the face of the FBI, a role to which she is temperamentally completely unsuited. It's not her cup of tea professionally, either, as she prefers working with data in the behavioral sciences unit basement to actual field work. Clarice has a a similarly fraught relationship with the bill case itself. While she puts herself through the emotional ringer by attending a hearing in order to listen to statements from the victim's families, she refuses to accept Catherine's phone calls. Clarice does not want to see herself as another one of Bill's victims, despite how close he came to killing her. Talking to Catherine, 
the only other survivor, would mark Clarice as a survivor herself, and she wants nothing to do with that sobriquet. Sorry, Catherine's mother, Ruth, played by Jane Atkinson, sees things differently. Having ascended from the Senate to the position of Attorney General, largely on the strength of her very personal stake in the battle against violent crime, she's determined to use Clarice's high-profile pub prof, sorry high public profile to the benefit of her work in the AG's office. So she extracts Clarice from the basement and thrusts her back onto the front lines as part of VICAP. VICAP stands for Violent Criminal Apprehension Program. Her first case, an investigation into two dead bodies that bear all the hallmarks of a serial killer. I'm not going to spoil what actually that's about. You guys have to watch the show. To a fault, in fact, Clarice deduces that the bite marks and stab wounds that uh, festooned the corpse were placed there by the killer as a cover-up for his extremely efficient executions via gunshot to the head. Clarice discovers that the victims are linked by their special needs children and their participation in a pharmaceutical clinical trial. Digging up an investigative reporter's contact info hidden in one of the victim's box of maxi pads, uh, Clarice and her fellow agent, Esquiel, travel to the journalist's home to interview her. And just in the nick of time, Esquiel notices a vehicle with no license plates parked near the house, which reminds him of his own training as a military sniper. Now, this character, Esquiel, is actually the one character on the show so far that is giving Clarice a fair shot, not buying into all the public BS that's been said about her. He is legitimately uh, giving her a clean slate and believes in what she is capable of doing. The two enter the home in addition to finding a treasure trove of info marking the victims as whistleblowers on that clinical trial. They find the reporter bleeding out in the bathtub on an an assassin trying to escape after staging the scene to look like a suicide. Clarice non-fatally wounds the killer who demands a deal in exchange for giving up whoever hired him. So, if you're not following, what what happened was, this was not a serial killer, but it's somebody pretty big up in, whether it's the pharmaceutical chain or whatever, who hired this hitman to silence these whistleblowers who were a part of a pharmaceutical uh, trial. So, of course, Clarice realizes this, tries to tell it to Michael Cudlett's character, and he doesn't want to hear it, okay? He just wants the case to be over. We found the killer, done deal. You get back to what you were doing, and I'll get back to what I was doing. 
None of this sits well with Agent Paul Krendler, Michael Cudlitz, the head of the VICAP team, and am no fan of Clarice's, having been outfoxed by her during the search for Buffalo Bill. There is not really that much to say about Krendler, a bog-standard a-hole captain character who continuously puts Clarice down and pressures her into delivering press-friendly sound bites about serial killers. In the end, Clarice bucks his authority and tells the press they have uncovered a conspiracy to silence all the whistleblowers. So, Clarice being Clarice, uh, you know, does what she's going to do. She's not going to lie to the press and tell them that everybody's safe. She tells the press that she believes this was an assassin hired by some unknown person. And all they know so far is that all the victims were connected to this pharmaceutical trial. There is one very uh, live issue on which the pilot appears to have closed the book already. How much of a presence will Hannibal Lecter's absence occupy the show? Clarice's legally mandated inability to mention him by name in one of the episode's funnier moments, Clarice's shrink refers to him as her former therapist did not necessarily mean he would still be there exerting unseen influence. Yeah, and if you guys haven't watched it yet, do not expect the name Hannibal. Hannibal Lecter is not the person that traumatized Clarice. It's Buffalo Bill, okay? It's not, Hannibal is not very prominent at all. They're not allowed to use his name because of rights, so they've shifted the focus from Hannibal Lecter over to Buffalo Bill. Consider, for example, the way Marlon Brando's Vito Corleone became a sort of a structuring absence in The Godfather Part Two, a void around which the whole story implicitly orbited with Al Pacino's Michael Corleone attempting to live up to the old man's legacy while the flashbacks to De Niro's younger version of uh, Corleone depicted how it became larger-than-life presence on the film. By contrast, Clarice devises a bold and, to my mind, successful workaround for the Hannibal issue. It, prior it prioritizes Clarice's experiences confronting and killing Buffalo Bill, the murderer whom Lecter helped her track down rather than her experience with the good doctor himself. The decision actually makes good sense from a character perspective. Sure, Clarice's conversations with the cannibal were harrowing, granting a uh, psychopathic psychiatrist a deep dive into your childhood trauma is going to leave a mark. But Clarice implicitly argues with ample justification, as far as I'm concerned, that killing a man before he kills both you and the young woman he intended to be his seventh victim is much bigger deal, leaving much deeper wounds. Basically, she's justifying what she told Hannibal in exchange to the information that she got from him that allowed her to catch Buffalo Bill. 
Clarice's constant flashbacks to Bill and his moth-infested house of horrors ground the show in that experience, not in Clarice's comparatively tame quid pro quo relationship with Lecter. In a way, though, it's not Jonathan Demme and Anthony Hopkins' Hannibal Lecter who haunts the show through his absence. It's Brian Fuller and Mads Mikkelsen. Stylistically, Clarice attempts to chart a middle course between the Hannibal TV show, artsy, grotesquerie, and your basic CBS procedural dingy Hollywood realism. And I'm to said that. It's very similar cinematography-wise to the show Hannibal. On one hand, rapid-fire editing, uh, phantasmagorically abstract imagery, and bloody violence dominate when Clarice's PTSD is triggered. So there you guys have it. I know I talked a lot about the show. There's a lot out there on the internet about yesterday's show. It is, uh, in my opinion, an absolute must-watch. It's an amazing show. Don't watch it expecting a lot of Hannibal. You're not going to get it. You're not even going to get his name mentioned. Because as you just heard, it's a rights issue. Uh, It is very, if you're a fan, if you were a fan of the NBC Hannibal show, then I don't see why you're not going to be a fan of the CBS Clarice. Uh, it's, It's just how Hannibal was about Hannibal Lecter. Clarice is focusing on Clarice Starling and her trauma with Buffalo Bill. And my prediction is that by the end of at least season one, the very hate relationship that exists between Michael Cudlett's character and Rebecca Breed's Clarice character, I think by the end of season one, I think those two are going to find a mutual respect for one another. Anyway, guys, that's it. We are out of time. Thank you so much for listening to what I had to say during the first half hour in regards to Wikipedia. Please take it seriously. Uh, That's all I can say. Take it seriously. We uh, are the only ones. We the people are the only ones who can put a stop to stuff like that happening. Visit us at deadtalklive.com. Don't forget to visit us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Uh, There'll be no show tomorrow. I'll be back on the air Monday with our special guest, Robert Joy. And then Tuesday, our special guest, Sam Valentine. A lot of interesting interviews coming up. Make sure you tune in for them. And until next week, guys, stay safe. Have a great weekend. And as always, stay walking. Good night.